Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial, and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps, and eco garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global eco.co.uk. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Free quotes for solar PV, battery storage, heat pumps and garden projects. Let's go! So Rangers went 2-1 last night against Servette, but is it enough to take them through to play probably... It's going to be, well, we know PSV the following week. What do you think, Rangers fans? Were you there last night? 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. Michael Beale, this is his take on the game. Started really, really well in the game, I thought. The the energy from the team was good in and out of possession and uh, the desire from the first goal from Nico and Todd to, to chase a couple of lost causes down really was, was fantastic. Borna Baratic, who I thought had a good night, put some great crosses in and... Playing with obviously the the two number nines gives you that opportunity. You know you get Danilo goes across the near post and Sewell scores, and in that moment we're in a great place. I thought after that we were wasteful. Could have gone three 0 in front. Then the the VAR decision on the penalty. I think it's harsh, but uh, that's the ruling. Uh, the second half, their keeper made a fantastic save from Sam and, and from Sewell, and we had other moments again where I thought we were wasteful on a night where. Uh, we played well, in my opinion, for a, a long period of time. It's on the day when Celtic lose. Officially, Carl Starfelt, he's gone and love has taken him to the continent. He's gone to La Liga. He's gone, as we knew, to Celta Vigo to be closer to his partner, Jacinta, who, of course, is with Sporting Lisbon. Has it changed days? Andy Walker, following your heart <laughs> to the continent, to La Liga. Exactly that. Good luck to him. He's, he's gone to a bigger league as well, which I think Brendan Rodgers uh, admitted to and... That is something that uh, you can't blame any player for. And who are they going to replace Carl Starfelt with? Because I know he is critics, Stephen McGinn, but you know the record. Domestically, they didn't lose a game when those two paired up. Yeah, you've got to be honest. Um, thinking back to his very first game for Celtic, how um, how poorly it went for him on the night, um, to think how, how his Celtic career turned out. And it turns out to be a really good signing, domestically very successful. And good luck to him when he's moved to La Liga. Stephen, we all saw the game last night. How did you read the Rangers game? Up against 10 men for half an hour. Actually, 40 minutes when you added on the extra 10 minutes. But what did you feel, Rangers? It looked as though if they'd gone three up, it could have been a different story. Yeah, it was a really strange game. I think off the back of Saturday and all the new players and who was going to play, how it was going to look, the important thing was for Rangers to win the game, to take a lead over to Switzerland and that team to have to come out and try to beat them over there. The way the game goes with missing the open goal at 2-0, with Servette missing so many players on the night and the red card for long spells in the second half, that's where the negativity comes. But if you're a glass half full, Rangers got the result they were looking for. They, they're taking a win over to Switzerland. Servette are kind of never say die, aren't they, Andy? We, you know, we saw it against Genk. Everyone thought that they would go out and they didn't. Are Rangers going to go through next week? Yeah, I think they'll probably go through, but I disagree with uh, Michael Beale saying they played well for large periods. I thought they played well for about 20 minutes. After that, I thought they were mediocre. I think the Rangers supporters are still waiting for so many players to to show what they're capable of, just to show a bit of magic, to just to, to know that they're capable of giving them big moments that can turn the game their way. And 2-1 was certainly not what you expected when they got themselves two goals in front so early. 
and that big miss for for three 0 that Stephen was referring to, I think that was a big moment. But I do think in the end Rangers will go through, but they'll really need to improve. You you would imagine that uh, you know PSV lie in waiting, and they're they're a better opposition. And Andy, you played at the top level. What happens when and the other team goes down to ten men? I'm not sure that people understand. How does it become more difficult? Shouldn't it be a bit easier for you to find a way through? Well, the, you look at the opposition, you go down to 10 men, you maybe drop a bit deeper, you maybe uh, spread yourself out a bit at the back. The space is not there. There's no balls that can really go in behind. You really need to be clever and work your way to a, a wide area. And that's where, I mean, we'll be saying this for a while, until someone takes the place of someone like Ryan Kent, who could make things happen. He was the type of player that could, uh, could go up to an opponent and go past them whether it be on the inside or the outside, he was two-footed, he was clever, he delivered a lot of crosses into the box. You had a finisher in, in Morelos, but I totally get it. Those two have gone now and Rangers are just looking for players to uh, to become you know, uh, stars for their team this season. And right now, you don't know who that's going to be. Oh, wait. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700 to speak to Andy Walker and the Falkirk captain Stephen McGinn. Uh, let's go on the lines. We'll hear from Derek, big Rangers fan. Hi, Derek. Hey, good evening, Paul. Good evening. How uh, are good you? Evening, panel. Hi, Hello, Derek. Uh, I would like to wish you good luck in the new season, by the way. Thanks, uh, Derek. Uh, 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 do you think they've got rid of Sakala uh, too quick? Do you think they maybe should have kept Sakala and tried to get to the Champions League and then maybe try and sell him? That's I think a, maybe his pace could have stretched that team a bit last night. I think the lack of width in the team is quite worrying as well. And I said this the other day there to you, Paul. You did, you I think did, the lack yeah. of width in the team is very, very worrying. I, I think a lot of Rangers' uh, width comes from their full-backs. I think there were a good number of balls into the box. Derek, from the likes of Barisic in the first half, uh, maybe not so much uh, from Tavernier, but he's certainly capable of it. And when you've got a new-look team that the manager has... You know, this, this is uh, Michael Beale's team. He's identified these players. And when you look at Danilo and Dessers and Lammers coming in, uh, who else? Sifuente uh, has got a bit of game time towards the end. Uh, Kieran Dowell played at the weekend and came on last night. Uh, Sima is another one. They've got a number of options up front. So he has to give them uh, a bit of game time. And it's up to the players, the individual players, to show that they can make a difference for Rangers. And that's a... That's a tall order when you've got really big games at the start of the season. Champions League qualifiers, and it won't be so long until Rangers play Celtic at home. That's that's the biggest of the lot. Stephen? Yeah, well, I was a fan of Sakala. Um, I, know, I know a lot of Rangers fans, the argument used to say to me is you don't see him at home on a Saturday at three o'clock against a packed defence when he's not the man to unlock it. But in games like Saturday and games like last night, he was a difference maker at times for uh, for Rangers uh, in his career at Rangers. The one thing I, I said it last week in the show, I was very interested to see how it played out and this time next week we'd go back to it was how long it would take for Michael Beale to get his team and, and the best team and the best 11 in the right places and because everyone seems to be a little bit out of position in, in the team. I don't know what Derek thinks. I think Cantwell's far too deep the amount of times he's picking the ball up in his own half and one of the time, one of the early moments when he was really high up in the game, he wins a penalty. Um, so I think he's too deep. I think Danilo. It was. I know a lot of people were saying he got into a good position where he was one on one with the the fullbacks, but he doesn't look like a winger. 
he seems to want to play up front and with the amount of crosses coming into the box and the height they've got in the team Rangers there doesn't seem to be the type of striker to get on the end of the, 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 these crosses with headers I think you're going back years ago Martin O'Neill recruited strikers with a view to putting crosses in the box I know, I know he had a lot of money to spend when he brings in John yeah. Hartson and Chris Sutton but there was a clear identity of how he wanted them to go on the end of them with crosses Rangers are firing a lot of crosses in the box with no real sign of someone putting their head on it Derek what do you feel, think? Uh, I, I think Cadwell's got to be the number 10 I think he's got to play just behind the strikers uh, I, I do agree that he's been playing far too deep uh, and I don't understand it's Tom Lawrence and Hadji still injured because I'm surprised one of them didn't yeah, come on last well, night well Hadji came on for what 10 minutes Stephen right right at the end yeah but Tom Lawrence we haven't heard that he's not sure he, about no. something he picked but up think, a different injury but I think he? Stephen's yeah. right just to talk about yeah. the just the chemistry the relationship you want with your your main striker the players that are mm. playing off him the, the wide players you know when to make that move to come into the box you've seen it Celtic have done it so well with their wide players. They play with one main striker. Uh, he, he's not a he's not a giant by any means, but you do get the wide players going into the box at the right time. And Celtic do put crosses into the box, and the wide players do get their fair share of goals. And that's something that this new look Rangers team will have to work on and and try and settle into. Derek, here's a bit more from your manager speaking about well the extra man advantage and why it didn't become an advantage for them. Yeah, the keeper makes two fantastic saves, you know, and, and yeah, you know, if we come in here and we score the other two goals, then you're really happy. But it, it, there's a frustration, but it wasn't for want of having the ball in the right areas and having the right moments. I think there's a lot of frustration next door, but we have to leave that. We won the game, we go there next week, and we'll have to be at our best. Derek, yeah, the late chances for Sima and Danilo. You're not buying it. They've got to be putting these teams to bed, Paul. Yeah. And the the thing is, it seems to be a mass hysteria, and maybe I'm one of them that give them the time. But when Big Hands came to Celtic right up to Christmas, Celtic were dreadful. And then he managed to get his team and they had the win. Remember, they had a break because of COVID. And then he went on a great run. But I think there's a slight mass hysteria amongst fans that every time he makes a bad decision that, or you're having a half a bad a game, that these players are all, all of a sudden duds after two games. Yeah. I think that's the problem. Michael Beer's going to keep having to keep winning games and trying to bed all these new players in. He's been speaking about a player who's not a new player anymore, but he was talking about Todd Cantwell. Yeah, listen, I thought the game at the weekend might open up. Todd was fully aware and up to speed. Again, he was someone that had some things in pre-season that wasn't ideal, but there's no doubt about me and Todd from the moment I met him and, and, and we had the conversation down in London about him joining the club. Me and Todd are completely on the same page and I thought he was good tonight. He's played very well in a number of positions for us now. Stephen? I'm just thinking about um, Derek's talking about the mass hysteria but that is what we've been speaking about for weeks that's what we hear around the country about how these players don't get time I, I looked at my television last night 2 minutes 20 seconds when Dessers didn't turn into space when he rolls it back to the centre half that's the sort of thing off the back of Saturday they lost to Kilmarnock the fans are tense they are they're worried about how long it's going to take for these, these new signings to gel there's no way there's no way these are bad players that are coming in. You, you look at their CVs, they, they've played for good clubs. 
but I do think the fans are worried about how quickly it's going to take to gel because when you look across the city yes you look at some parts of the Celtic team not being ready maybe tweaks that Brendan's trying to do and a wee bit caught between the success of Ange Postacoglu and Brendan Celtic aren't totally settled in fire inside but they are thinking we can't afford for this to take two months because the league will be gone before we know it by the time these players settle Andy were you ever in that position where start of the season you were part of a new team um, it's not a new team but the, how many nine new signings I guess that is the guts of a new team and it takes time well, well I've been I've started the season as a first choice striker and uh, you know you need to you need to prove your worth and uh, be part of a team that are winning games you, you tend to keep your shirt but I've also started a season where I wasn't in the team mm. I didn't particularly have uh, a good pre-season and other players were, were showing up well and quite rightly they got the shirt and it's up to you to to get back into it. So um, I, I think the point that Stephen made earlier just about everyone trying to gel together, um, it's got to be done so quickly because the games are coming thick and fast and not just games, really important games. I've said it for long enough and Rangers did so well um, last season when they got through these Champions League qualifiers and much to the surprise of a, a lot of people I didn't think they would make it and uh, they did and credit to, to Giovanni Van Bronckhurst for doing that but it, um, the change has been made and Michael Beale has come in he's a very inexperienced manager he's brought a lot of new players into the club this is undoubtedly his team and it's up to him to try and shape uh, them up to get a good understanding uh, almost immediately. What's the chat about Yilmaz? I know there's been speculation about he's missing, he's going to miss Sakala. Um, there's also speculation about Harry Suter coming from uh, Leicester City. Michael Beale addressed that this afternoon. Uh, nothing in either of those to, to report this evening. I think uh, Ridvan is very, very happy. He's lost his best mate, Fashion Sakala, but outside that, he's extremely happy and he'll return to training next week. Harry Suter, there might be a bit of lazy stuff around that because his brother plays for us and I believe he follows our club. But uh, if there's any news on that, we'll, you'll be the first to know. What's happening these days, Stephen, with the younger players? Because we heard last week Matt Riley saying, oh, he's missed losing two of his friends, closest pals, Jota. And, uh, is this the way of it now? I think uh, You're moving packs. It's yeah. part of football, I think Andy will say. You get really close with a lot of people in your career. And you won't believe how quickly you lose contact with some of them. It's just, it's such an intense job you're in. You're in it together as a team, but some people move, people move on out of choice, people move, get moved on. But um, it is part of it, and it's part of how the job of a manager is hard to keep building this team spirit. I mean, you keep in touch with some of them, especially Jack Grealish. Are you, the beg, begging letters still going out? You still, <laughs> you still texting them and stuff? No, no, you do keep in touch, don't you? You and Jack? No, I mean, yeah. he's, he's good friends with John, so... Uh, no, unfortunately, I've not started the begging to him yet. <laughs> Andy, any of the great players you played alongside? Like Yarrow, it's like a band of brothers, wasn't it? Well, you're, you're, I mean, I still speak to a few former Celtic uh, teammates. I had a coffee with Packy recently. I play golf with, with Frank now and again. Yeah. Um, I see one or two others. I might see uh, Brian O'Neill at the weekend. Yeah, he lives down in Lytham. Yeah. And I'm doing the, the Preston game on Saturday. You're at Deepdale on Saturday. I'm at Deepdale. Yeah. And uh, they're up, they've got a big one against Tony Mowbray's Sunderland. So uh, I'm maybe give uh, Big Bon a call and, and see how he's doing. And you, that's the way of it. You move around the country and you catch up with some some former players. Great. Well, Andy Walker and current player, the Falkirk captain, but you missed last weekend. So what's happened? I've not asked you yet. 
Why did you miss the opening game? I just I, I was in the League Cup campaign I had an injection in my knee and um, I was struggling through the League Cup campaign but the I suppose I was kidding myself on a wee bit that it was going to be alright in the night in terms of the lead up to the, the first game of the season and I finally admitted defeat on the Thursday two days before the first game so that's really disappointed to miss out I mean it's a great occasion the first game of, of every season but um, the team didn't miss me on Saturday we, we got the 3-0 win we, we looked to kick us on this season so tough game on Saturday so we just need to we need to what we didn't do last year is we started by drawing a, a defeat so we need to start the season better and, and lead from the front start the season hopefully you're back soon in this big season for yeah, I shouldn't, I shouldn't yeah. be out we, we have yeah. a rearranged game a week on Saturday because mm. Stirling's great running the League Cup campaign course, so yeah. Yeah, I've got a couple sure. of weeks on my side Giant killers and this weekend you've got Cove Rangers haven't you there yes. two big games tonight of course the European adventure for Hibs and uh, for the Hertz as well so Hearts are in action very early aren't they this evening at Rosenberg and Hibs against Lucerne we'll be talking about that with the former Hibs striker well, you're both former Hibs players you were there Hibs. for us you were there. Good club. Really yeah. enjoyed it there. It was it was short, but I managed to get a taste of the Edinburgh Derby, which was great. The Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Appropriate in Edinburgh, of course, <laughs> isn't it? The way they're going. You never know what yeah. you're going to get tonight. Well, they were brilliant last week. OK, it was against the, the Albanian team, but we'll see what happens tonight. 0808 17 17 700. A few Rangers fans calling in. We'll speak to you shortly. And we're going to talk Celtic too next. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Find out more about the funding options available at global-eco.co.uk. Let's go! And breaking news, a younger player, Ben McPherson, is going on loan to Queen's Park from Celtic. Stephen, you know, most of the young players, uh, good for him to get first team action if he gets it at Queen's Park in the Championship yeah well they're building a very young team obviously with a new Belgian manager and it was a brilliant start from the weekend I thought Inverness would be one of the um, outsiders for the league this year and and, and, a, and a, looking at the Queen's Park team and you're thinking they've lost a bit of experience I'm not sure what to expect from this season so a brilliant start and a brilliant win up in the Highlands Every night, round about this time, we ask about what's happening with Harry Kane, and you know the reason why. The main one is we love our football, but Ange Postecoglou is there. They're now saying it looks as though he's going to stay at Tottenham. Hey, Harry Kane. Uh, Harry Kane, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I understand it's a huge piece of business, yeah. but if you're Bayern Munich, surely you go to the player, you get an understanding from his agent that if you can conclude a deal, then he's going to come. I mean, it's taken them weeks to get to a figure that they both agree on. And it would be remarkable if he was now uh, going to say no because it's a it's a hundred million pounds that Ange Postecoglou could spend that the club could use. So um, it's still a lot to go in that one, I think. Connor, you could have done with Harry Kane last night to put the ball in the net for you, you know, rather than at two one. <laughs> Good evening. How are you feeling after last night? Evening, lads. Um, I listen. Definitely, we're quite happy we had Harry Kane last night. Yeah. Um, look. First and foremost, we won the game and I think you've got to take positives from that because the atmosphere um, at the ground last night after it, um, it was a bit flat. It almost felt as if we'd lost the game, um, which I found strange. You know, I know that the, the result on Saturday was clearly disappointing and yeah. the performance was shocking. But last night, I thought it was a better performance, albeit we tapered off too quickly. Um, because Servette, you know, I think it's where the frustration comes in is Savet offered nothing to the game and yet they still managed to get that penalty kick and keep themselves in it and that's where the disappointment is because you can't have teams coming and playing against you offering nothing 
and then being able to stay in games and make everything because you can't get it off. Now, the penalty, yep. and I heard Cyril Dessers talk about it in the press conference afterwards, and I tend to agree with him. I think it's harsh because the rule, as I understand it, as he understands it as well, was that if it deflected off a player first and then hits your arm, that can't be a penalty. And you can see in the replay, it does take a nick off of Barisic onto Dessel's arm. Now, his arm shouldn't be up there. Everybody knows that. What's it doing there? Is he trying to defend himself? But, you know, take it in the face. Yes, the the fact that his arm is up there. I I thought it was a clear penalty. And uh, the thing I would say, Connor, is, I mean, any Rangers supporter that I speak to, they... They know how good Celtic are. They know how good Celtic have been. And they just want to see their new look team right up for it from the word go. And they've already had uh, a big letdown at the weekend at Kilmarnock. So they're they're looking for, you know, uh, so much more. First home game of the season. And they didn't get it. Rangers played well, I thought, for 20 minutes, maybe half an hour. But I think they'll still go through, Connor. But uh, I think Rangers fans are looking for a lot more. Stephen, was it a penalty? We all hate the rule as it is. I think you agree, don't we? Just looking around the studio here. But do you think it was a penalty? Well, when I was watching in, in live action, the, the Servette players all around the ball, they were screaming for it, penalty. I mean, I don't think they could believe the luck that, as Connor says, they weren't in the game. They weren't really offering anything yeah. from an attacking sense. I mean, once the ref goes to the screen, it'd be very, very hard for him not to give that penalty. But just on touching on the atmosphere, the whole the whole atmosphere of the place I think it was about like me when I was watching the game last night once the red card happened you're thinking Servette are going to be very lucky to get out of here with a 3-1 I think they would probably have shaken on a 3-1 at the time but nothing seemed to happen at all he kept kind of catching the clock in the the top corner and time was just going and and I couldn't really remember any real quick play any real prolonged I mean there was a couple of half chances a couple of great saves within it but there was no real survey under pressure be camped in and I think I think the worry would be from last night was David Martindale was up at that game David Martindale's going to have a game plan very similar to Servette uh, defence and a team that worked really hard to, minim- to, to keep chances at a minimum they they will take take a chance if you give it to them from a set piece especially and they'll be watching that game thinking Rangers don't really work you they, they're a bit slow in front of you if you defend your box if you defend all these crosses we could get out there with something Do you think Rangers are going to go through next Tuesday night? Yes but, yes, because yeah. I think I think they can go up a gear that Savet yeah. can't uh, obviously I'm not sure what the, the players are like they were missing but I think that Rangers can go over to Switzerland and win but I just felt the second half a bit like Kilmarnock after 1-0 on Saturday the game just seemed to fizzle out um, it's not like when you play Rangers especially at Ibrox at times they can use the crowd and every minute feels like 10 minutes it, it didn't really get that sense last night here's what Michael Beale says about next week Connor. well I think what it does it keeps our wits about us we know it'll be difficult going to Geneva it's going to be a full house and and we'll see a different game like we always do in Europe but I wouldn't never uh, knock a, a win in a European competition because I know they're so difficult to come by I think as a team it's something I've said a lot as a as a Rangers manager but now it's just with new faces that we do a lot of good things we we create a numerous opportunities. We have to be more decisive. And I'll give our forwards at the moment because they're new coming into the club and it's early in the season, but we keep creating chances like that. We have to take them if we want to put teams away. I mean, on this show last night, Barry Ferguson said, look, it'll be a Rangers win, but it'll be tough. I think he said about two, maybe 2-0. Two um, Charlie McGrew said 2-1. 
and that's what came and I hear what you're saying Connor. all three of you think Rangers are going to go through what else did you take from it then because I hear what Andy's saying about the game with Livy and they'll have watched Kilmarnock they'll have watched last night what are you looking for apart from the three points well yeah listen I think I think Andy's pretty much spot on with what he's saying you know obviously you're going to look at um, what's here to be done what I would say with that one though is that to any Rangers fan just to bear in mind when Celtic uh, Ange Postecoglou first came in and brought in all those players because of how good they played they seem to forget they didn't actually come out the blocks from day one playing like that you know they did lose three of their first six games in the league and they did go out of the Champions League to Michelin and then they picked up then they got you know obviously players back in the door and they got players gelled together which it takes so it's going to take us a few games it's about making sure we get the results now I think on Saturday I would I, the trouble is I'm not sure quite what he's going to go for I'd like to see him start with somebody other than Dessers up front because I think he's had two games now and although he got his goal last night yeah. I mean he couldn't miss that he kind of hit off him and went sure. in yeah. so I'd like to see maybe Kimar Ruth come back in because I don't understand he wasn't even in the squad for the Champions League last night so I don't see the point of having him there if he's just going to I know he's had his injury problems, but presumably he's fit because he was in the bench on Saturday. Give him a, a, a run out. Um, you know, Sifuentes, I'd maybe be looking to start because um, he came on with about 20 minutes to go. So, But it needs to be a better performance because Livingston are going to do the exact same things yep. that Kilmarnock done and that Servet done. They're going to sit behind the ball, they're going to sit deep, they're going to defend for their lives and they're going to try and hit us on a counter-attack. And that's where we need to be careful. But Stephen, what you would say is that it took a few weeks, well, let's say a month or so for Ange Postacoglu to get that winning run going, but he had a clear style of play. What yeah. is Michael Beals? He also had better players. Yeah. yeah. But but um, Carter Vickers, for example, he came in the last day of the window. Ange Postacoglu didn't have his, his 11. Michael Beal, you felt, had he'd assembled his squad ready for the start of the season. My whole problem with the thing is, see in two or three months, we might look back on that and look at the Rangers teams that they're fielding at this point in the season thinking, I can't believe that was a team. Why is he playing there? Why is he not playing there? Rangers might have a really settled and good side with maybe Danilo through the middle. Right now, if you're asking Rangers fans to try and pick a team for Saturday, you would, you'd you'd struggle to find two fans with the same team. Nobody really knows what the, what the answer is. And that's the, th- the problem with having so many similar options. It's trying to get as quickly your best team on the park. And you've got players who've Got good ability. We've seen Cantwell with really good ability. If you'd asked me on Saturday, give me three players that will definitely start mm-hmm. for Rangers at Kilmarnock, I would have said Butland, Tavernier and Cantwell. And then you'll, you know, you'll build others uh, around it. Raskin. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I couldn't believe he wasn't playing. And then even last night, I'm now thinking, right, maybe he's asking him to play in a different position. Maybe he wants him to play a bit deeper. I think he's much more effective further forward. I think he can be a, a good 10 for Rangers, a good player, 30, 40 yards from goal, whether he's got his back to goal or he's facing the play. I think he's a type of player that can make things happen. What I saw last night was the likes of Lammers trying to play that that number 10 role and not really, didn't really work out. I mean, it may well come good, but there were so many short passes into strikers' feet that uh, went astray. And uh, I think that was the the main reason that you heard so many moans and groans from the Rangers supporters. Thanks for that call. Loads coming in. We're going Celtic next. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. Paul Cooney with Andy Walker and Stephen McGinn. Stephen, you're keeping an eye on Hearts. You got the team 
for the match tonight with Rosenberg. If not, I've got it here. I thought you had it. I've, I'll tell you, here's the Hearts team. It's uh, Clark, obviously, Sandra Clark and goals. Kent, Beningame, he's back from the start. The captain, Shankland, and it's his birthday today. What age is he? Do we know? 27, 27. isn't he? 27, 27. he's prime. Oda, the other scorer at the weekend. Andy, how many goals? At the, Shankland's goal at the weekend was a big one for Hearts, you were that saying? That was a big one. Yeah. That was number 8,000. 8, so uh, a nice memento for Huge him. one. So Clark, Kent, Beningame, Shankland, Oda, Atkinson, Devlin, Rowles, Forrest, Cochrane and Lowry, who of course went there on Friday night. That's a, a really good move yeah. for him. I think he'll get a lot of game time and he'll show that, uh, you know, I think he'll improve. I think he'll develop as a player. And it's something that a lot of young players need to think about because, you know, coming through a big club and he's... I wouldn't even say he was in and out of the Rangers team. He was he was making fleeting appearances, but clearly he, he's got something. Every time we've seen him, it, it looked as if he had something. He, I mean, his performance at Tynecastle, one of the end of the season game, let the place up. There's got to be something in the background and a reason why he's been held back at Rangers because he does look as if he's got all the tools. So you just hope he goes to Hearts and fulfills his ability. And he's going to play in some big European and derbies, Celtic Rangers, well, can't play against Rangers, Celtic sure. games. So really excited to see how that loan plays on the out. Yeah, on the bench, McGovern, McFarlane, Kingsley, Haring, Grant, Boyce, who came on at the weekend, Halliday, Sibick, Denham, Smith, Rathy. And Wilson, 300 you know that's on the bench. more players on the bench than, than starting the I game. I hadn't finished yet. Get over them. Right, so, no. <laughs> so that's Hearts tonight. Um, do you think they're going to win over there? Hard to say. What do you think, Andy? Against Rosenberg? Well, they've got the name Rosenberg, but I think yeah. we all appreciate that they have dipped in, in form of uh, recent years. So I think Hearts have got a chance. Hearts at their best, uh, I think, are, are a match for, for most sides. And they've got a good defensive uh, unit there they've got a decent goalkeeper it's great to see the likes of Beningame back uh, Shankland okay. has taken his game up a, another level I think and it'll be interesting to see what Forrest and Lowry can create for, for the striker Andy what are you thinking for your old club Celtic then a winning start at the weekend they've got Aberdeen this weekend we'll hear from Brendan Rodgers in a moment or two he says he used to take it personally when players wanted to leave Celtic he's obviously talking about Carl. Uh, Starfelt and maybe Jota etc but he says now that he's returned to Celtic it's a more pragmatic person and he accepts Carl Starfelt's immediate departure for Celta Vigo after just two years he takes it more easily what are you thinking? Well I'm laughing because he left himself sure. and he doesn't yeah. regret it and yeah. nor should he he was having a difficult time uh, with relationships he was uh, he was so successful but he went to a bigger league just what he said earlier about um, Carl Starfelt yeah. Uh, a more competitive league and you know Celtic is a great place to, to play your football but if if you fancy going to the English Premier League or playing in Spain then uh, do it just as long as you can give Celtic uh, whatever it is one, two, three years of, of your very best Yeah, that, that's what I took from it uh, maybe the way he dealt with the Moussa Dembele deal maybe Boyata when you're trying to coax an extra year out of them in hindsight now as a more experienced manager I probably thought maybe I should have just cut cut ties if these boys get the chance to go and play in the big leagues for the extra money just let them go because keeping them for the extra year a Celtic have shown over the last few years doesn't tend to work and look at after his time with Edward arguably he should have gone but Celtic were going for the 10 remember they had, and Cham wanted to go Edward I think his but, head had been turned uh, was, there was a whole mess I think was it Boyata refused to play against AEK Athens I think yeah. Just looking back on it, I think he, if that was to come up, maybe a Rio Hattati, should should he say, no, I, I really want to go. Maybe Brendan Rodgers, the more experienced, 
version of Brendan Rodgers just says, right, okay, if, if we get the right money for you, you can go. Is the replacement in the house already with Navrotsky? Is he the replacement for Carl Starfelt? And obviously they've been speaking about Gustav Lagerbilka. It's gone quiet for 24 hours, the I, Swedish. I think he looks like the replacement, but you you have to prepare for the worst. You, you need someone else, I think. Uh, you certainly need another centre-half, at least one, uh, in case you get an injury. I mean, Carter Vickers is coming back from a, a recent injury. You hope he... Uh, keeps his fitness uh, same with Navroski so um, I think you need one more at least What's happening with Atati? I mean nobody knows for sure but what's your instinct? You're both around the game for for years Andy what do you think when you see Hatati on the bench at the weekend? You never know what type of relationship he had with the previous manager a new manager coming in possibly new ideas maybe not first choice which would be a big blow to that individual because I thought he really came on to a game and was arguably one of Celtic's top players, if not the top player of last season. That's how important he was. But listen, the season is still young and there are still some big games to come. So as long as he gets a, a fair crack at it, I'm sure he'll enjoy playing you know, games against Rangers where he's shown that he's, he's capable of handling that occasion. And obviously all those big players at Celtic want to play in the Champions League games. Yeah, four into three doesn't go. Cal McGregor's always going to play. I think Brendan Rodgers was desperate to reward David Turnbull for the way he's came back pre-season. Had a good pre-season. Different mindset of trying to be a main player for Celtic. And it might have just came down to Brendan Rodgers deciding to go with Matt O'Reilly this week. And I would look a lot more into it if Rio Hattati's not in the starting lineup for Pataudry at the weekend. It's a, a huge game for Celtic. A really difficult one. On paper, the hardest one in the league outside of uh, Rangers at the minute. So... I would look into it a lot more if Rio Hattati's not in the 11 Sunday. Do you think he will be in the starting 11? Yeah, I'd be shocked if he didn't play. Yeah. As I said, you start to look into it. He's, he's one of Celtic's most important players. But I think it was a boost for Brendan Rodgers and for the Celtic fans and for David Turnbull to, to get an yeah. opportunity to play. Scores a couple of goals, one from a one from a penalty. But you know he is someone who's capable of, I think, influencing a lot of games for Celtic. But he's in the last year of his contract I've no idea what his what his intentions are and um, I still think he's got a lot to offer Aberdeen this weekend some really good games against Aberdeen in the past I think when Derek was, was manager there they were a very very good side in my in my last time up here and very very competitive so they're always tough games and I'm sure it'll be no different on Sunday and it's always a great game isn't it especially you know early in the season yeah. everyone yeah. going for it yeah, and you would expect Aberdeen to be a bit more adventurous. I go back to that game that we covered last season up at uh, Petodre where Jim Goodwin had pretty much 10 behind the ball and defended for pretty much the whole game before Callum McGregor got a, a, a late winner. So I think they'll be more ambitious. Uh, you saw that in the, the last part of the season where they beat Rangers up there. And I think Barry Robson does want to have a go against Celtic Rangers he absolutely accepts he can't compete financially with them but on any given day 90 minutes you've got to have a go the way that Kamarnock did last week more on this after the break we're going straight onto the line the Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy for the best customer service call 0800 233 5788 let's go thanks Chris Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy Paul Cooney Stephen McGinn and Andy Walker and Laurie is on the line. Good evening, Laurie. Big Celtic fan. How are you? Uh, good evening, Paul. Good evening, Andy. Good evening, Stephen. Hi, Laurie. Uh, 
My observations, uh, Paul, tonight are, uh, it just made me realise the differences in terms of tactics between uh, uh, Brendan Rodgers and his predecessor, uh, Ange Postacoglu, mm-hmm. both of whom, of course, are hugely successful. Uh, but I went in the game, the, the, the opening game against Ross County the weekend, and uh, had I forgotten about how Brendan plays, then I, I was reminded it's a patient build-up very methodical, very deliberate, very systematic. Uh, nothing speculative. Uh, every pass is controlled. Uh, maybe not as exciting as Ange, mm-hmm. in that they don't uh, go forward with great pace, uh, you know, perpetual motion. Uh, but effective nonetheless. Uh, under uh, Brendan, uh, no chances are taken. If we don't make progress, then the ball is played back until we can find an opening. Now, under Ange, which I must say, if I'm being honest, uh, was very, very entertaining. The game was played at rapid pace. Yeah, sure. uh, always played on the front foot. Had fans in the edge of their seats, myself included. Both are successful, uh, but it, it just made me realise uh, the differences in the modus operandi of both managers. The panel starts. Andy, your thoughts on the modus operandi? I, I think um, I think Brendan Rodgers has still got a lot to offer. Um, I think he's he'll be a more settled uh, manager now that he's come back to Glasgow. I think he will, in the back of his mind, I think he will want to try and make it up, if you like, mm. to Celtic supporters that feel hard done by. In my view, he's got nothing to make up. I mean, he won every trophy that was here. He delivered a, an invincible... Uh, team so he absolutely knows what he's doing but he left so suddenly though he left so suddenly and, and people season. were a bit sore about that yeah. absolutely fair enough but I think what Celtic have done and it's maybe unexpected that Jota has gone a big player a big personality player maybe unexpected great business but unexpected you've lost a, a special talent and um, you know I think he will try and get a lot more personality into the team they obviously started slowly last week Got the job done because they've been over the course before. You want to get Johnston back into the team, I think. You want to get that uh, partnership with Carter Vickers and Navrovsky in a similar way that you had with Carter Vickers and Starfelt. And you just want to get the the team fired up and ready for European games. I think that was his. It was almost his his mission statement when he came to Celtic. We want to be better in Europe. And that's a, a very realistic goal to have. It's a very tough one to, to try and reach, but it's very realistic. Celtic should be better in Europe and can be better in Europe. And it's a big draw for him. It was, wasn't it? Probably a couple of months ago. And he has made it clear he wants to be back. He's here for a while, unless he's emptied, as he said at the press conference. But the Champions League, because he wasn't going to get a Champions League club in England at this point in time. I've no doubt he would again in the future. Stephen, what would you say to, to Laurie? Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it was a totally different style from Celtic um, and I expected it from Brendan Rodgers. I didn't think he was going to come back up the road yeah. and say, look, what Andrew's doing is great. Keep doing what you're doing. I think the second goal was a, an Ange Postacoglu goal. So I think they've still got it within their, their armour to hit a, a team as quickly as they did and a first-time pass from Abada and, and clinical as ever from Kyogo. But it wasn't all... I, th- I thought it wasn't all dull. I think the Matt O'Reilly goal is world class almost impossible to stop for a, for a midfielder and, and a defender I think if Kyogo drops in like that and can play passes like that on a regular basis it's almost impossible to stop 
and I think it's a different style of, of play for Kyogo obviously at times last season you'd watch the game and he'd be on the score sheet with maybe having touched it three times in the game and football's about sometimes it's about how good your striker is how many touches he has in the game how much influence he has in the game and you think back to the best Celtic striker in my lifetime Henrik Larson would run games at times off the top of your head you think of his two, two, two assists against Leon these two crosses in for Lee Miller and Chris Sutton and I think it's a, it's a positive for Kyogo and the team how much he's wanting to involve Kyogo in the build-up play. His game's not just about being a poacher, being the, the last minute, he's got more to offer. The, the other thing I think is it'll be so interesting to see how the South Korean boys will get on. They, they were obviously almost in the pipeline. It's a market where Celtic have had a bit of success. How is Yang going to fit in? How is Kwon going to fit in? The, the, the striker O, how many games is he going to play? And how effective are they going to be? Everyone will be fired up once that Champions League draw uh, comes round. Everyone will be fired up at the prospect of going to Ibrox in a few weeks and wanting to play. So it'll be interesting to see how these players develop under under Brendan Rodgers. Can I ask you all, Laurie included, about striker, another striker and the goalkeeping position. Mikel Antonio's name's mentioned for the last 48 hours, the West Ham striker. 30, I know, big wages and... He's on a free, I think. I just think out of Celtic's reach, he could go to another big club in England. At, uh, at, uh, sorry, at a wage that would, okay. I think, that would Silly money. be out okay. of Celtic's reach. Stephen, beyond your reach as well. Just, yeah, yeah. I, th I think he's been great. He's, he's became a striker. He wasn't always a striker. Yeah. I remember him for a long time in England as a winger. I think he, his style of play uh, for David Moyes playing out in the channels and stretching teams at tight. It's a, it's a, you need to be a different type of striker to be up here. So for the for the finance involved, I can't see it. And Laurie, can I ask you about the goalkeeping position? So John Hartson the other night said, I don't know why people are going on about uh, Joe Hart. Look what he's done for two years and he's confident he'll do it again this year. And he has been brilliant for Celtic, winning five out of six trophies. But Laurie, there's been a few little slip-ups. The distribution people are talking about. What do you feel? Does he need another keeper in to challenge him? Well, I'll tell you what I think, Paul. Uh, I remember uh, when Brendan first assumed the reins at Parkhead seven years ago. And the goalkeeper uh, at the time uh, was Craig Gordon, uh, a very uh, successful goalkeeper, very talented man. But I remember uh, quite distinctly that uh, he never played the ball very well with his feet. And Brendan decided to get Doris de Vries in for a few games. He did. Uh, and I think yeah. I kind of shook up Craig and he learned very quickly. Uh, my concerns with Big Joe is I think he's a very competent goalkeeper. But I've watched him of late and I don't think he's entirely comfortable with the ball at his feet. So I would not be surprised at all if Brendan uh, chooses another goalkeeper to compete with Joe and ultimately to replace him as a stand keeper. Mm. The, the other thing, of course, is when you go into the Champions League, when you go into European football where Celtic want to make a mark, they're going to be under pressure. You need a big goalkeeper, I think, capable of, of making saves. And maybe that's more important than you know being a keeper, stepping outside your 18-yard box and, and playing, a, playing a pass, you know, joining in, being, a, being the 11th outfield player. I think Celtic's goal this season, it will always be... To, to be the number one team in Scotland but they want to move on a bit they want to do better in Europe and you, you look at uh, Celtic being the, the bottom seeds in the, in the group that they're going to go into they'll be under pressure home and away and I still think uh, Hart is capable of making big saves yeah. 
and I, I think that it'll be interesting to see what uh, what happens between now and the end of the window and how important Brendan Rodgers feels about uh, the goalkeeping position Stephen it's such a big part of the goalkeeper's game these days isn't it distribution Yes, and I, and I think Joe Hart's a hugely popular figure at Celtic for, for the fans. I think there's a lot of fans there that don't don't want another goalie because they like him so much. But there is the the what is happening with the goalkeeping situation. They have got three senior goalkeepers, but only one really that fans would consider to have a shot of being the Celtic goalkeeper. And what Joe Hart is doing is he's, he's fueling the noise at the minute because there has been an incident in a few of the friendlies. There was an incident early on on Saturday where could very easily have been a penalty or a goal to Ross County what you want from Joe Hart is probably a few steady games just go out and do your job nobody really notices you and that's how he'll quiet it. because there's no doubt he's he's been a great signing for Celtic but I think as the incidents are happening each, each game I think it's it's adding to the, the rumours yeah the last thing you want is to draw attention to yourself with daft mistakes and uh, what you do want is a game that's nil-nil and maybe the opposition get a chance and you come up with a really big, vital, important save to keep it at nil-nil and give your teammates the platform to go and get that that first goal to get all three points. And Laurie, your memories of Carl Starfelt, he's gone, but he's gone with a bundle of medals, hasn't he? Aye, well, good luck to the guy. Uh, you know, he played with distinction alongside Cameron Carter-Vickers. I do think now, Paul, that uh, we need not one, but two other centre-backs. Because I'm not convinced about uh, Welsh or Kobayashi. Uh, I like the look of the young Polish guy, Navroski, uh, and CCV. I think that'll be a good partnership. But uh, I was reading, uh, not that you can believe anything you read, of course, that uh, they are reportedly interested uh, in signing a, a young guy from Sweden. Yeah, Gustav. Uh, and a young Dutch pivot as well. So yeah. I'll tell you what, if they made those signings, I'd be absolutely delighted. The other piece of the jigsaw I would like to see completed, uh, Paul, uh, I'm not a great old fan to be quite honest with you I think he's a batting ram centre forward uh, in the modern game I think that type of player uh, is limited in his usefulness Kyogo is immense he's fantastic I think we need to sign another forward uh, to complement Kyogo up front uh, I don't think the O will be a Brendan Rodgers second choice thinker I've just got a, a, a feeling about that I've got yeah. an intuitive feel mm-hmm. And I don't feel either that Joe Hart is going to be the number one choice. When I come on these programmes, Paul, I don't try and ingratiate myself into the panellists. I call it as I see it. I'm never a sycophant. I think Joe Hart's days are numbered. Uh, and I also think that we desperately need another forward up front. Laurie, the, la- the nation is listening. They're also listening. I want to tell you something in Turnbridge, Wells, Jim and Ali McKee, they were listening with you and John Hartson last week when you spoke about how John was such an inspiration to you when Absolutely. you successfully fought cancer. So Jim wanted to send you all the best. He goes, I think he's a season ticket holder. Well but done, he Laurie. wanted, he mentioned you, Laurie, and wishes you all the very best. Well done. I greatly appreciate Cheers. that, Paul. Thank you. Thank you, Laurie. It's Ali's birthday as well. How to spend your birthday? They're listening <laughs> to the Go Radio Football Show with Fantastic. Global Eco Energy. 35 years together. That's the secret. Tune Marvelous. in. Um, but Laurie made some really good points there, didn't he, as well? Yeah, I, I think yeah. he echoes uh, the thoughts of a lot of Celtic supporters. As Stephen was yeah. saying, a, a lot of them really love Joe Hart. Maybe a few others think, nah, we, we need something better. We want someone who can... Uh, be comfortable with the ball at his feet and uh, you know be able to 
ping it 30, 40 yards out wide and start a move from there. But Big John wasn't having it on this show. He was saying, Stephen, you've got Bain and you've got Segrist. But nobody's really seen Segrist. He was really good at Dundee United, but that's a year and a half ago. No, and with Scott Bain being on the bench on Saturday, it suggests that Segrist is third choice. Um, just just on the centre-half position, I think it's quite proactive from Celtic. I know they sometimes get accused of not being proactive, but having seen Celtic without Cameron Carter-Vickers at the end, back end of last season, when, when they won the league and had allowed him to go and get the surgery, and what became of the defence without him, if anything was to happen to him this season, I think it's essential that Celtic do have the third centre-half that's capable of playing and maybe not the drop-off that Vickers last season. Great stuff, Andy and Stephen, after this. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. For the best customer service, call 0800 233 5788. Let's go! Crofty and Grado hear the stories behind some of Glasgow's best-loved restaurants. What I wanted to do was create a restaurant that would celebrate Scottish produce. Crofty samples the vegan options. Imagine I just went to hell with this veganism halfway through the podcast. Oh, please do. <laughs> oh, please do. And Grado samples everything else. Steak pie. Again, that's a massive big steak pie. Right? That is a... Before the ultimate test, the Dougie bag. That's really difficult. They're both really good and you could have that as a starter and that as a main, but I had to pick one. Episode 5, Adverse Santa, is available now. Search for Rate the Plate wherever you get your podcast with Glasgow Taxis. Because Become your own boss and become part of their team now. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. For the best customer service, call 0800 233 Let's go! Hour two with Andy Walker and Stephen McGinn. This time tomorrow night, it'll be Mark Guidi and Barry Ferguson back on the Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. So much in the Go Rangers winning 2-1 last night. But Andy... You are, are you confident Rangers will go through? I know you feel they will go through next week. Yeah, uh, I'd say they'll go through. I think they can score over there. I'd, I'd, the other thing I was looking at was where where does the pace in that team come from? I know they can get width and they can get balls into the box and I know they've got maybe more of a, a physical presence but it's just not happening at the moment. I do expect them with a goal advantage to go through. Stephen, everyone's saying, what's the style of play of Rangers uh, under the new look with Michael Beale with the 10 or 9 new signings? Uh, do, where's the pace going to come from? Pace, I'm not sure. I mean, as I spoke about David Martindale's Livingston team at the weekend, I think they're going to be quite happy for a lot of the play to be played in the middle, for players to be trying one-twos round the box with the huge numbers they'll have um, behind the ball. I think it'll suit them. I know from playing at Ibrox, playing at Celtic Park, one of the worst things they, that they could do was move the ball quickly across the park and, and get at you in wide areas. So, just from a, a brief look at that Rangers team, I, I don't, I don't see where the width comes from. Who's coming in at Rangers? Barry did say last week one, maybe two more. So Andy, Harry Suter's been mentioned, brother of John. John played well in the last couple of games but what do you feel about Harry Suter can uh, you see him coming from Leicester no I can't see no. him coming from Leicester but what you can see is that um, whatever you think of these players that have been brought in I think the Rangers board have, have backed uh, Michael Beale and they've identified players I think we said it at the end of last season I remember speaking about it with, with Barry they wanted to get players in early because they knew that the, the biggest games of the season uh, would be right upon them and um, to be fair to Rangers they did do a lot of business early but it's every Rangers fan will tell you they, they're not really sure of the chemistry of it the partnerships uh, where people are playing and just the 
just that very fluid look that Rangers had when they were at their best in Europe just a couple of seasons ago. Stephen Servet proved to be dogged. They obviously were against Genk the other week when they were down to 10 men for, what, 87 minutes plus stoppage. See, the game was almost two seconds off 100 minutes last night, so we're into the new era of football. I, I did a so, game the other night yeah. in Barnsley, Paul, oh, right. with yeah. 15 minutes of added time. What? I mean, it's, and, and you looked at it and you thought, wow, where, where from? There's been no... There's been no injury. Eight minutes, one half. Uh, seven minutes, another. And uh, <laughs> I don't think broadcasters like it. No, from so Barnsley guess... back to Busby. <laughs> so what do you get the bus from Barnsley to? What do you do, Andy? And then is it the overnight up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wow. went down to see. I went down yeah. to see my son who lives in Manchester. Stayed with him, of course. But it is. I mean, but do you want this extra time? What do you feel? Added well, on? do you know what? I, I like the idea that uh, it's never a good look when you see five or six players surrounding a referee trying to get him to make this sort of decision. Um, so, by all means, pull out a, a yellow card. I think you should give more responsibility to the captain of every team. And let him go and have a dialogue with your with your referee, and give him, you know, give the captain of every team, give him a bit of respect, and he should be able to get that message into the dressing room. Look, if there's anything uh, going on, we want to debate with the referee. Uh, I'll go and have a word with him. And by all means, referees show a yellow card to to people that are you know show, flashing the imaginary uh, yellow card. I've got no problem with that, and. You know, t- two minutes of goal celebrations. Absolutely, add it on. It's, it's. Uh, I did see actually the in um, both in the. I was at Dundee Motherwell last yeah, week, I and I saw you. a couple of occasions where players did not kick the ball away for fear of being yellow carded. That's a good thing, and I think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I saw it at Barnsley as well during the week, and you can see that players are thinking a wee bit more. Um, I don't know if these uh, regulations or have you been spoken to well, by referees check. about uh, different interpretations? No, different we have. Guidelines? But I know if just from speaking to John in England that they're really pushing it. They're really saying, "Look, we are going to book you for quite." A, and and he said, if you look at the scores from the weekend, mm-hmm. the amount of yellow cards across the three divisions in England, um, yeah, they're really trying to push it. I, and that's for dissent. I, I, yeah. I'm not totally against the, the adding on the time. I'm just a wee bit worried about the consistency of it mm. and, and in a country like this where over the last 20 years the leagues have been decided by goal difference sometimes in, in these games a team can be 3 or 4 nil up maybe Celtic or Rangers mm. and the ref maybe just puts up one minute or two minutes that's true that could be a huge that could have a huge bearing in the league yeah. if, if, if they're adding on what you're supposed to add on the 10-12 minutes that could be an extra yeah. Two goals potentially yeah. for a Celtic or Rangers. Yeah. So very interested to to see how the consistency works. So we heard a lot from Michael Beale in the first hour after the game last night. If you missed it, this is what he said. His summary after the two one win. We started really really well in the game. I thought the the energy from the team was good in and out of possession and uh, the desire from the first goal from Nico and Todd to to chase a couple of lost causes down really was was fantastic. Borna Barisic, who I thought had a good night, put some great crosses in and. Playing with obviously the the two number nines gives you that opportunity. You know you get Danilo goes across the near post and Sewell scores, and in that moment we're in a great place. I thought after that we were wasteful. Could have gone three 0 in front. Then the the VAR decision on the penalty. I think it's harsh, but uh, that's the ruling. Uh, the second half, their keeper made a fantastic save from Sam and, and from Sewell, and we had other moments again where I thought we were wasteful on a night where uh, we played well, in my opinion, for a, a long periods of time.
So Michael Beale after last night, Tuesday, the game will be on. We'll talk more as the programme goes on tonight. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. Or you can join the conversation with Andy and Stephen at Go Football Show. As you know, we've now teamed up with Alea in Glasgow to give you the chance to win up to £250 tomorrow night. It's in their brand new relaunched sports bar and you can watch all your favourite sports action this season from 6pm till 6am on occasions or in the afternoon, of course. If the matches are on, you can maybe pick up the Falkirk game soon when you're back playing, <laughs> hopefully uh, before long. Um, Brendan Rogers has been speaking in the last hour or so about the game at the weekend and about a number of things. And we spoke just before the news about the goalkeeping situation. Some people are, I mean, everyone, virtually every Celtic fan would say he's been brilliant for them and he may well be again. But what's happening with the Celtic goalkeeping position? Just listen, all three keepers, obviously, Bainey was here when I was here and he was a, he, he was an excellent understudy. He, he plays how you know modern keepers should play in terms of being able to deal with the ball at his feet and he makes saves. So, But he's been a great support and very loyal to your number three since he's, since he's been here. Benji, I obviously haven't seen so much. He's come in, he hasn't played so much. Uh, but again, a, a goalkeeper with a really, really good attitude uh, to his training, to his work, and he's always there and works hard every day. And Joe Hart speaks for himself. Joe's come in, he's had a fantastic career. He's so ambitious to do well. He knows he's getting towards the end of his timeline as a, as a, as a player, but he wants to maximise that. And in order, when I see him work, in order to do that and to play as long as he can, he, he's working ever so hard uh, to, uh, to be the best that he can. No, he's a great guy and uh, he, he makes crucial saves for the team. So, um, so yeah, so like I've said before, it's assessing everything. And I always like to give players and, and individual players and, and the units within that, that time we've got through until, I said, another three weeks. And, and by the time that time comes, I would then hope that I'll have everyone on board in order to, to go forward for a really exciting season. Steve McGinn, what do you take from it? Joe Hart's only 36 for a goalkeeper. Yeah, I think it's a big call. Um, cause I, I don't I don't really see Joe Hart being the number two at the, the stage his career at. Brendan's just spoke about how much he, he's still loving playing and wanting to extend his career. So it's a huge call from, from what Joe Hart brings and has brought to Celtic over the, over the two years. So, um, But I think that's... That's why he's Brendan Rodgers. I think that's why Celtic went out and get him to the best man for the job to make the, the big calls. I think you always have to trust the manager's judgment. Celtic did that with Ange Postecoglou. It worked really well. They'll do the same with Brendan Rodgers. But he only used those words, crucial saves, when he described one goalkeeper, and that was Joe Hart. If you've got a goalkeeper who can make crucial saves, I think you stick with him. He's also been speaking about something... You spoke about five minutes ago about extra time being added. It is a, it's a fact in the game now, isn't it? 100 minute games. Well, the other night you had 105 yeah. minutes at Barnsley. So here's <laughs> Brendan Rogers speaking about the extra time being added. Yeah, it's not ideal, especially if you're a club that's playing a lot of games in the season. You know, you're getting eight, nine, ten minutes of a game. When I think the whole, the whole nature of it should be to, to minimise the game time of players, you know, especially top players that are playing upwards of maybe sometimes 60, 70 games a season. If you're adding eight to 10 minutes onto every game they play and they're playing three times a week, that accumulation over the course of a season can, can equate to more games. And when you consider now that the game is, is multi-ball, you know, the ball should be in play more. Naturally, the game stops when uh, when there's a celebration, but that's that's what it is. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm not really in a real advocate of seeing the, the board go up and there's 
nine, ten minutes, eleven minutes played played over the game time. Stephen, you're still playing. What would you say? Well, I, I thought he'd be more supportive of it. Just, I think Laurie spoke about his style of play. Ange Postecoglou went after teams right from the start. Seemed to really try and blow them away. Fifteen, twenty minutes in. I know, the, I know the style advanced but when the subs came on they would go and do it again but just from playing the Brendan Rodgers Celtic team at times the last 20 minutes that's when they would really tear you apart they'd moved you around for 60 minutes you keep moving they keep probing and sometimes with 15-20 minutes to go your legs are getting really heavy and, and that's when they seem to score their goals so I think if that's brought into his Celtic way of playing and um, it could be a time where they score a lot of their goals you, you've also got to remember that Celtic have got the biggest and strongest squad. You can make five changes. And, uh, you know, you, you look at... I know that uh, Celtic certainly don't have the resources of uh, so many of the English teams, but they do rotate uh, a lot. And someone like Kevin De Bruyne, who you think plays international football, plays for Man City, they get to cup finals. He, he only played, I think, just over 40 games. Uh, last season in total because he gets a he gets a rest um, you know Callum McGregor does play a lot of games but Celtic do have options and um, you know they've, they've got a really big squad they can change it around they can rest players and keep keep their bigger players for the bigger games you two are not having it are you? I'm not having it, no, no, having I, it. I, I quite like the fact that you're getting more game time and like Stephen, I would have thought Brendan Rodgers would have been behind it as well. There's, I think there can be too much uh, uh, time wasting in the game. But you're all in the media departments there. You know, you're in the in the great. You get looked after. Andy the butler comes up with all the stuff for you. Does that happen? <laughs> no. Um, Stephen, you're still playing. But what about the people that leave after 75, 80 minutes? Loads of them do to try and get away. So yeah. are they now going to time it and stay for ninety three minutes? And then, but they're still good. I, I think it'll be really interesting yeah. what Stephen said earlier about how consistent this yeah, will be applied, sure. especially if you're, you know, two, three, yeah. four goals to the good, and you're only getting one or two minutes. I mean, uh, I've I've already been at a couple of games where there's just been, you know, a remarkable amount of added time. Let's hear a bit more from Brendan Rodgers who's been speaking this afternoon. He's been talking about potential outgoings from the squad. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. I think. I think in terms of players, we'll, we'll, we'll probably move on that will want more game time. Like I said, I've spoken to a lot of the players in terms of where they're at and where they stand. So I think everyone that we'll have here by the by the end of the window will will want to be here. But like I said, there, there could be some movement. Players that were maybe, you know, that was maybe felt that they were going to move on. You know, the players like David Turnbull has, has done excellent over the course of pre-season. He's come in, he made a really good impact. I like him as a player. So sometimes players get that motivation to stay and want to fight and want to work and show the quality so um, but overall I do expect some to leave and uh, because they'll want more game time Any hints about the defensive incomings? We've had a couple of names we've mentioned already tonight Well clearly yeah, if we lose a, a centre half I'd want to bring in another one but I've got nothing to add there's there's probably a few other names that'll be mixed in that there and if I speak about everyone then uh, we might be here for a little while. Any other hints? Feel free, Brendan, to tell us, Andy and Steve. I think the interesting yeah. one is David Turnbull. Yeah. I think he's going into the last year of his contract. So, you know, it's not like Celtic to let any player run their contract down. Someone who they paid a lot of money for, uh, £3 million for, for from Motherwell. And someone who I think's got a, a good bit of ability. I know that he's had problems with, with injury, but I think he showed his quality last week. He's the type of player that can get involved I think in the international scene 
So Celtic, I'm sure, will be offering him uh, something or maybe he might be one of the high-profile um, players that might leave if uh, if he doesn't think he's going to get enough game time. That would be strange, wouldn't it, though? After the start that he's had, top scorer. I know it's only one game, but you know he's made a statement about David Turnbull. Or has he? Is he in the shop window? You know, Brendan's came in at Celtic in his first spell and made Tom Rogic, took him up a few levels in that position. It's... It's he, he likes more of a number ten um, than maybe Ange Postecoglou. Seem to play with a, a holding midfielder and two box to boxes. Where Brendan always tended to play with the two midfielders and then one in that kind of playmaker role. I think Ryan Christie, after his loan spell at Aberdeen, he came in when it looked like he might just go back out to Aberdeen again. Brendan threw him in and he didn't look back. I think his goal um, against Hearts was it in the semi final mm-hmm. at Murrayfield years ago. So. David Turnbull has taken the chance that Brendan Rodgers um, gave him. It's so competitive in that area for Celtic that he's going to have to continue that form to keep guys like Rio Hattati and Matt O'Reilly out of the team. Andy Rosenberg have gone one up against Hearts, so this is important for Hearts and also for Scotland for the coefficient. We'll come back to it in a moment yeah. because here's Brendan Rodgers speaking about David Turnbull. Well, uh, so long as the consistency and performance and the, the mentality is right, I think that's important. I think that... He's waited a bit of time here to get an opportunity. But as I always say, the responsibility is with the player. And if he can continue with the level of mentality and attitude to to improve, then he'll be a great asset for us in, in the club. So, um, so yeah, but, uh, but he's doing very well. But it's consistency now. He's been asking and answering a lot of questions today. One of them is about the Kieran Tierney. The speculation hasn't gone away. It looks as though he's going to go to San Sebastian, doesn't it, Real Sociedad, who are in. They were fourth in La Liga just a couple of months ago, so they're in Champions League. Here is the manager speaking about the former Celtic favourite. Yeah, I don't speak on what ifs. You know, there's speculation around many players coming into here. Naturally, there's a an association, a link with Kieran because of his past here and our past together, but, but there's nothing, nothing to add to that. I want to add to the squad and uh, if we can strengthen that over the course of the, the next coming weeks then I'll be happy with that he certainly will so he's given nothing away on that it's not going to happen is it Stephen or Kieran Tierney never say never with the relationship okay. he's got with the club and, and the manager but maybe Kieran Tierney's got a girlfriend in the Basque region <laughs> very good good point <laughs> a few people are on about the goalkeeping position and was chatting to you about it in the office just beforehand and look at Arsenal who've going to have two top class keepers is that going through David Raya from Brentford I know it's on loan but that's probably to do with financial fair play it's not a season long trial I suppose he's a terrific goalkeeper and Aaron Ramsdale um, who you know and you played alongside well yeah I came across him as a kid in, in my last my closing months at Sheffield United um, with the now Barnsley manager we um, we were told that we didn't have a future at the club and we'd be training with the, the kids from until we left uh, pretty much But any good kids? within that that <laughs> Uh, selection of academy players it was a real good group and some players that went on to have amazing careers and Arne Ramsdale was one of them uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin uh, David mm-hmm. Brooks that did so well at Bournemouth before his illness but Arne Ramsdale a massive character for, for such a young age I think he's carried that on through his career and had real potential of what we thought potentially making it at Sheffield United in League One so what he's gone on to do England and Arsenal number one it's amazing um, what he's did so far so why has Mikel Arteta, or why is he bringing in another number one? Yeah, strange. But uh, they've got so much money to spend, and they want they want they don't just want cover; they want absolute top quality uh, cover. And a lot of players will uh, make a move, and they'll be on the 
the same money, if not more. And it, you know what players are like, Paul. They always think, yep, yeah, I'll be able to battle for my place and, and, and be the number one. The next step for Mikel Arteta is just to win the league. But to win the league off of Man City, you're going to have to be near perfect. And near perfect means that if you have an injury, you can't afford a drop-off. Mm. Uh, he spent a lot of money so I think the objective is to try and wrestle this league off of Man City and back to Kieran Tierney before the break is it over for him really at Arsenal because he's not playing him yeah well he's not even playing I mean when the first choice left back's yeah. not playing something it's a right back going in a centre half going in so I don't think his future is at Arsenal I think he'll get a good club I don't think it'll be Celtic um, I just think the finances will probably make it out of Celtic's reach but uh, the idea again of going to you know a really good league in Spain I think that will be attractive and and something that he can he can be excited about. You enjoy who, who wouldn't enjoy playing in, in oh, against you tremendous. know the top clubs and and you covered them as well. You went to Celta Vigo. Celta Vigo, remember, yeah, remember, yeah with that great U, uh, European run mm. that Celtic were on two thousand and three. I think Big John Hartson scored over in Vigo to to put Celtic through that two legged uh, affair. Big, it was great. Yeah, big lovely John. place. Yep. I'm not sure he gets away with that goal with VAR. <laughs> 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 but a bear hug. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. For the best customer service, call 0800 233 5788. Let's go! Week two of the new season. Andy Walker, Stephen McGinn, Paul Cooney and lots of your calls coming in. And comments as well. Hearts a goal down though, Andy. You touched on it there against Rosenberg. Fredrickson scoring in 14 minutes. So Hearts will be the favourites, but it's never easy in Europe it's never easy and I know Hearts have got a big squad and they've got players coming back from injury which uh, I think is good to see but that is a really tough one to go uh, what a goal down after the first 15 minutes yep. or so hopefully they can bounce back I was going to ask for your prediction so the Hearts between over the two legs you'd expect them to go through I hope they can go through that would be a big boost for everyone Stephen what do you reckon that with Hearts Tonight, um, I think over the two legs. So, I, th- I yeah. think um, obviously you want to come in back from Norway with, with a draw or a yeah. win to set you up. But I think a one 0 If the game was to finish right now, I think Hearts would take that. And what about Hibs against Lucerne? Seven thirty kickoff. It's on the telly, isn't it? I, th- yeah. I think Servette proved last night that it's a really competitive league. I thought they were really organised and athletic without offering that much going forward. So I think it's a really tough game for Hibs. I think in the, the kind of coefficient battle we have with Switzerland, obviously our big seed played last night and, and got the job done. Yeah, it's going to be tough for Hibs. But I just think with the pace they've got, if they can even take a draw over to Switzerland, I think they're going to be really dangerous over there. Andy, what do you feel? Well, they need imp- I mean, to see Hibs lose to a team from Andorra in the first leg, albeit they, they battered them in the second leg and, and, and looked good. But they lost again. I know Stephen was at the game on Sunday. They lost at home to St Mirren. They're still trying to find, uh, you know, a bit of uh, chemistry with players and they've got good front players, but some of the goals they they lose are are awful. I hope they can get through. The game's this weekend. Saturday, as you know, Rangers against Livingston, three o'clock at Ibrox. Also at three, Ross County against St. Johnson and St. Mirren against Dundee. On Sunday, 12 o'clock, the Sky game, Aberdeen against Celtic at 12. And then at three, two games, Hearts against Kilmarnock and Motherwell against Hibs so we'll come back to the big two will we stay on Hibs just now given you were both there they're at Motherwell this weekend what a crazy couple of weeks for them for, for Hibs for Hibs yeah roller coaster. I genuinely thought last week I mean St Martin at 2-0 had a chance to break away I thought Alex Greaves should have slipped 
um, Greg Kilty in to make it 3-0 mm-hmm. he has a shot and next minute Hibs get a goal back and once it went to two each genuinely I didn't think someone had a chance to win the game I, I thought they were dead on their feet I thought I thought in, in, in the best case scenario for St Mun genuinely would have been a 2-2 draw so to lose it the way they did I noticed I mean Lee Johnson is quite an amazing quote today when he talks about the Will Fish at the, the last goal when he says no one goes out to be lazy but fatigue makes cowards of us all I thought for the third goal Will Fish could have got back in quicker I looked on the GPS because I'm psychotic like that and he ran at 82% of his maximum so I asked him if a line had been behind him how much of his maximum would he have gone and he said 103% which I thought was quite funny <laughs> yeah. well uh, do you know wow. it was the first thing I looked at when you see that goal and then you try and think well what happened there and you're looking at Will Fish just jogging back as if there's no danger I mean there's a chance they could get a cross in get in the right position so yeah. you can defend the potential of the ball coming in uh, so Lee Johnson is dead right so do you agree with the manager I, yeah. I saw so publicly uh, yeah yeah why not Stephen I mean, I, the goal, looking back, the goal's so preventable. I mean, even Dylan, Dylan Levitt has role yeah. in it. I think he's got to do so much more to stop across. I actually think if he puts any pressure on Greg Kilty at all with the way the game is going, I think Greg Kilty tries to take it to the corner by a foul, by a throw-in. But he almost just said, well, you are done in this game. There's only one winner. You're just going to try and waste time here. I'll get it back and then we'll counter-attack. That was a, seemed to be the kind of whole attitude to it. Next minute, I mean, he's real good players, good teams at this level. Greg Kilty puts an amazing match-winning cross mm-hmm. in and, and Alex Grieve puts it away. So, How do you feel about the manager? I know that players publicly. can be really sensitive, yeah. but you should be embarrassed at losing a yeah. goal like that and you should do better. And, um, you know, the manager telling you that you should do better, that, that should fire you up. You should want to play every week and you should be playing at your highest level and if he's just jogging back when he can easily put another yard on it get himself into a position where instead of starting off with a defeat they get at least a point and uh, I've got no problem with the manager saying that Christian Deutsch who of course was at Kilmarnock for a while he's back at Hibs is he going to stay there do you think Stephen what's your yeah I mean he's fighting for his Hibs future I, I thought I thought he played like that on Sunday I think the move to Kilmarnock I spoke to him just before he went to Kilmarnock and I says look it's a brilliant club and the manager's perfect for you the manager um, Derek McInnes has always liked the target man he's always liked his, his strikers playing in the width of the goal and really simplify the game and you, and you think back to strikers like Sam Cosgrove who came in he made better he moved them on I think Christian Dodge had a real good end to his Kilmarnock career I thought he had a brilliant partnership with, with Kyle Vassell I, I just I, before Christian Doidge went to Kilmarnock I just thought having been the main man at Hibs you think you need to run the channels you need to score 25 goals you need to link play you need to hold it up you need to... he was trying to do it too much he's gone to Kilmarnock Derek McInnes has simplified his game and I, th- I thought he was Hibs' best player on Sunday Who's going to win on Sunday? We're going the other way around Andy Motherwell against Hibs Good. is that your game on Sunday? I'm going to do say? that yeah, for uh, sports news but um, I'm going to go against a maybe the thinking of Motherwell being so good at home I'm, I, I still think Hibs have got a lot to offer from middle to front I think you saw them in some really good spells if they can tighten up defensively I think they're a team capable of going to for Park and winning despite the fact that Lennon Miller still 16 I must check any day now he'll be 17 he but, played yeah. well last mm-hmm. week at Dens it was a really difficult surface really wet uh, he had a nice little uh, touch that w- involved in the goal for, mm-hmm. for Theo Bear who 
I've got to say, I was surprised he got a two-year deal at Motherwell yeah. because he went to St. Johnson last season, only got, I think, one goal in his time there. So he's hardly a, a proven goal scorer, but his, the, the way he took his goal last week from that uh, really good cross from Stephen O'Donnell, yeah. it was a terrific finish. Great cross, great finish. Mm. So you're going for Hibs, though, to score? I'm going to go for the high What's your score line? 3-2. Three, 3-2. Two. Three, two. Stephen? Well, I, I went for St Mirren to beat Hibs last week mm-hmm. with the, the European adventures and the distraction yeah. that, it, that comes with it. So I've gone for Motherwell 2-1. I think that uh, Hibs, as good as they are mid to front, I think they've got real problems defensively at the minute. I don't think the manager trusts a right back on the books. I think Alan Delferrier, who played there on Sunday and taken off after 25 minutes, mm. I played against him last year and he was an attacking midfielder, quite a flamboyant attacking midfielder, take risks in the final third. And I couldn't believe it when I was seeing that he was, he was playing right back for Hibs. So I, I think they've still got a bit of business to do. 2 1 Motherwell? Yes. Does your brother dig you up if you go against Motherwell? a bit of banter he Sunday lunch no, no. I, no he hasn't he hasn't yet no I'm, I'm probably yeah. I probably get okay. um, Motherwell tints on sometimes and I pick my results as well he played well last week at Dens he had a couple of good challenges I think the surface yeah. suited him you know that wet surface where you could slide in of course and, yeah. is yeah, it a good pitch I know it was really wet but I always yeah. regarded Dens Park as one of the best pitches mm. in Scotland I know that it's changed now because you know the undersoil heating and you know credit to the the groundsman at Dens last week, there was a real problem on the far side. There was a lot of water that was that. just yeah. holding mm. onto the pitch and they, they were really brushing it off for, for long spells, so good on them. That, thank you for the weather report there from... I did ask. Hearts against Kilmarnock. Andy, what are you feeling then for Sunday afternoon? So the Hearts are still a goal down at the moment in Rosenberg. Up against Kelly, who have been the talk of the town. After yeah, they, they got off to the best possible start and I think that's what every club should be looking to do when the Celtic Rangers come to town. Have a go mm-hmm. and see if you can make your mark. But away um, from home for Kelly. But what, away from home, season? and you remember last season where yeah. they were truly awful, yeah. their away form was in complete contrast to, to their home form. They'll want to prove upon that. But equally, the pressure is there for Hearts. We're a big squad, with a lot of options. Thursday night, um, football in Europe. Uh, a home game on the Sunday. You still need to show that you're capable of being the, the best outside of Celtic Rangers. That's why I think Hearts will win. And the Hearts are going to win. What do you feel, Stephen? Your old club, Kelly? I've gone similar. I, I think that Hearts off the back of tonight's games in Europe, but I don't think they'll beat Kelly on Sunday. I was really impressed with Kilmarnock. I think they'd really look like a Derek McInnes team against Rangers. Everything that you would associate being good with a Derek McInnes team. I thought the, the defend, I thought he's recruited well defensively, Stuart Finlay and Robbie Dees. I think Robbie Dees has been the best defender in the Championship for the last few seasons. Real good legs and aggression in midfield and he's got goals up front. So they've got a good record at Tynecastle Kilmarnock. Even through their away troubles last year, they managed to put hearts out of the cup at Tynecastle. So I've gone for 1-1. Joint top of the table at the moment, of course, killing your old club. And do you know they were brilliant yesterday with young Toby, who was six years old and uh, he's at the academy during the summer, you know, where kids can go. Yeah. And do you know, he met the whole first team. Derek McInnes, great. the backroom team, they took, this, they took him out on the pitch and everything. It's fan- See the work that clubs do with young people, boys yes. and girls. I think it's wonderful. So, wonderful. And it was the Kilmarnock Foundation who did that for Toby Morris well yesterday. He's, I saw pictures. Amazing. Well done. Well, well done, done to them. Right, so we'll come back to Aberdeen Celtic in a moment. We're on the other teams, St Mirren, Dundee. Stephen, your old team, St Mirren. What, what a fight back last where They nearly blew it. What do you feel back at home where they were good last season against Dundee? Yeah, I think the win really impressed with them last week. Uh, I thought coming into the season, 
they would be hard to beat against especially in Paisley mm -hmm. really organised not give much away I was a little bit worried about them in the attacking areas they've obviously lost Curtis Main Jonas Younger still not back fit I was worried about where the goals come from um, they've spent a, a lot of money in McMenamin from Ireland but I thought he was excellent last week and the sub of the season yeah. award could already go to Olesanya yeah. honestly the difference he made to that game last week yeah. you wouldn't believe I thought he was outstanding and for someone that went on loan to Abroaf last year didn't do well at all I'm led to believe his, his attitude's changed he's came back with real hunger for it and, and he played like that he was he was unplayable for 45 last week so I, I really hope he gets an odd to play this weekend and 1-0 St Mirren 1-0 St because it looked like a problem wasn't it it was a pre-match injury again just before yeah, I mean, and then he was so, in it yeah. was so close to kick off uh, and the total, it was an old Michael Mandron from yeah. watching Motherwell last season a total different proposition he has he's not get the pace but he holds it he holds it up he tries to link the play Olisanya just kept stretching the Hibs defence and they couldn't deal with it Who's going to win this one Andy? St Mirren Dundee? Well I was really impressed with Dundee last week uh, mm -hmm. they played better than I thought they would uh, their star man was Luke McCowan so I wonder how I mean obviously if St Mirren had anyone at that game they will be paying closer attention to him because he made things happen he was going past players he was getting good crosses into the box he set up the goal for, for Lyle Cameron, yeah. who also played well and good to see one of the local lads coming through at Dundee and, and taking his goal. chance. Yeah. So uh, really good to see that. But uh, St Mirren have the experience um, and I think they'll, they'll get a home win. It's going to be a home win, same as Stephen thinks. And Andy, Ross County against St Johnson. Who do you fancy in this one? Both of them, you know, expected to be in the bottom end of the table. Many people think St. Johnson could well go down automatically. Yeah, and they started badly with a home defeat uh, against Hearts, albeit hanging on for, for a long time. But they, they struggle to score goals. They give soft goals away. It's a terrible combination. And I think if Ross County are to be better this season and give themselves a bit of a cushion, this is the type of game you have to win. And I think they might just do a home win for me. OK, home win. What do you think, Stephen? Yeah, I agree. I think yeah. Ross County were excellent for long spells at Celtic Park. Really aggressive in, in the way they played. And St. Johnson still, I don't think, still on paper, if having watched their stuff, I, I don't think they're ready yet. I don't think they've got a team ready to compete in the league. So I think Ross County will win 2-0. We'll go to the big two. Rangers playing Saturday, Celtic on Sunday. What are you thinking about the Championship? I know it's day one, Andy, but great performance Friday night by Dundee United. Yeah, they need to be able to handle that uh, idea that everyone wants to ha get the Dundee United scalp. Mm. And our both were set up for a good atmosphere and inside the ground. But United went at it. They played it like a cup tie. And that's the way they should approach all of these games because you need to match all these teams for effort, for hunger, for drive. And I think United have got the better players, players that can make all the difference. So I imagine... You know, they should be comfortable winners of the championship. I think their season depends on how good their physio is because if they can keep Louis Malt fit, I, th I think they'll they'll comfortably yeah. win the league. I thought, I th at the time, it is a risky signing in terms of I think he'd only started five games since 2018. So it was a risky signing. But if you can keep him fit for the full season, he's too good for the league um, and he'll, he'll score them their way out of the division. Charlie McGrew, as you know, was here last night. He spoke a little bit about it and he was very, nothing but praise really for Jim Goodwin because it's easy to think, well, you're a senior player, yeah. you're not involved. He was straightforward about that, but he's got some offers to continue playing. Any 
Um, advice for him, 37 for... I mean, he does know it's up to the player himself. I but. think it's great that he's still playing at 37. I know that he's got ambitions to go into coaching. He was doing a bit of that, I think, at uh, Tanadice. He was, yeah, for so a while. Yeah. Did he enjoy that? He did, yeah. yeah. I think he has ambitions there. We'll so, hear again. Yeah, yeah. and it's uh, just a matter of whether you want to hang on to you know, getting the buzz out or just playing yeah. or whether you want to make that next step where you could be for the next uh, number of years. What age were you again, Andy? Were you I was 35 when yeah. I finished okay. and I was I was happy to be finished because my body was telling me it was, I was just far too uncomfortable with my uh, right knee. It just wasn't giving me any mm-hmm. anything at all. Stephen, you've played against him. Great career, Charlie McGrew. Yeah, amazing career. Caps. I actually thought with the drop down to the championship, he would have been perfect for the for that Dundee United team, having so much of the ball. Um, yeah, he sounds like he doesn't. He's not sure what he wants to do. But I know last season didn't go great for the team, but I think he's still got a bit to offer. He's top players that he played alongside, and one of them was Virgil Van Dijk. So could he play a bit like that? Do you think in the championship if he'd been? But Jim Goodwin just did other ideas, didn't he? I think he did at times for Celtic he had a real um, and Neil Lennon's first spell as yeah. Celtic manager Charlie McGrew had some amazing perfor- performances for Celtic in the Champions League Andy Walker Stephen McGinn back in a moment The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy Free quotes for solar PV battery storage heat pumps and garden projects Let's go Andy Walker always on the ball to make sure we're right about everything here he's right but the Hearts score still 1-0 to Rosenberg the Hibs team for the game with Lucerne tonight has just come in Um, any change in the keeper? I don't think so it's going to be I think the big one uh, is Dylan Venter the guy who came from Dutch football and he scored a lot of goals for Roda and Hibs have paid a lot of money for him 700 odd grand 700 odd grand so you expect him to be the undisputed number one I know that we spoke about Doidge earlier they've got Adam Lafondre there as well but uh, you would imagine that uh, Dylan Venter will be the undisputed number one so the Hibs goalkeeper is David Marshall as you mentioned Lewis Miller Paul Hanlon the captain Will Fish we mentioned a few moments ago Dylan Levitt Ellie Yuhan, Dylan Venter you mentioned Martin Boyle Joe Newell Lewis Stevenson and the aforementioned Adam Lafondre Stephen, what do you think tonight? How are Hibs going to do against Lucerne? Well, Lee Johnson didn't agree that Christian Doidge was the best player for Hibs on Sunday uh, with me. It, it's a very attacking lineup. It's a, it looks like a 4-4-2 slash 4-2-4 in terms of having Martin Boyle right wing and LSU in left wing. I'm surprised Lafondre was playing, not just because Doidge played, but he made a real impact in the game. He brought an energy and a hunger to it, but he's 37. Um I maybe, was, one, maybe one up one off Lafondre off the, we, we, we the don't know what line. Dylan Venti is maybe yeah. he's more of a 10 but yeah. Um, yeah I was surprised at that what's your scoreline tonight Stephen what do you reckon um, I'll go for 2-2 two, 2-2 two. Two, two, right wow the fans wouldn't be happy with that would they I just I think they're having trouble at the minute defensively okay. and that's a Hibs team set up to score goals Andy what do you reckon that is what you need to show the Hibs supporters that yeah yeah we all know Hibs can attack and they've got Boyle and, and Ewan and uh, they've maybe got some goals with Lafondra and the new man Venter but you need a solid foundation and Hibs haven't had that for a long time if they can get it right defensively they'll give themselves a chance and this is going to be a really tough one but imagine they get through and they 
They, they played yeah. Aston Villa. Of course. What yeah. a tie that would be. You'll be getting, where, where will we be sitting? Is uh, John getting the tickets <laughs> for us? I'm just watching to see the season ticket there for us for Villa Park. I know I know the Hibs boys, that was that was the big draw. That is the carrot for mm-hmm. them to get yeah. through this tie. Find a way to get through the tie and it'll be two of the best games some of them will ever play in. Um, what, a game, what a game it is in prospect if they can get through. What it's going to be a good team, but I know that it was the talk of the training ground when the draw was made the other day. It's box office, isn't it? Brilliant. It'll be box office for Rangers. If they win next week or if they draw, they'll be going through to play probably PSV Eindhoven the following week. 2-1 win last night. We were talking about it earlier, obviously. This was Michael Beale's take on the next leg. Well, I think what it does, it keeps our wits about us. We know it'll be difficult going to Geneva. It's going to be a full house and, and we'll see a different game like we always do in Europe. But I wouldn't never... And knock a, a win in a European competition because I know they're so difficult to come by. I think as a team, it's something I've said a lot as a as a Rangers manager. But now it's just with new faces that we do a lot of good things. We we create a numerous opportunities. We have to be more decisive. And I'll give our forwards at the moment because they're new coming into the club and it's early in the season. But we keep creating chances like that. We have to take them if we want to put teams away. We'll talk about that in a second or two. Hearts have gone in at halftime. Two goals down. Nelson has scored for Rosenberg. Andy, not looking good at all. No, it doesn't look good and uh, they need a goal. If, if they can just get away a with a, a, a narrow loss, it gives them a chance at a Tynecastle that you would imagine would be packed out. And We accept Rosenberg aren't the team that were constantly winning titles years ago, but they've obviously got a, a good bit of experience, a bit too much for hearts at the moment. Well, he's been on the socials asking you both, what would you do for the game next Tuesday night if you are the manager? What are you going to change to make sure that Rangers come back in the competition, Stephen? Well, I think we've got we'll have a better idea of uh, after Saturday that they're going to come up against Livingston. They're going to make it really hard for them. What what would that change? Probably positionally, I, I would want Cant- Cantwell in the number ten. Um, I think Lammers showed a lot of promise pre-season, but he's had two shots of what is what has been Todd Cantwell's position. So I would take him out. I'd leave Ryan Jack in there and I'd bring Sifuentes into the team because you bought him to play. In the, in the forward areas of the front three, not seen enough to, to see. But I would like to see Danilo through the middle. I don't see him being a wide player. I don't see him being a Ryan Kent. I think he's... They've spent a lot of money on him. He's played a lot of games for Feyenoord. So I would want to see him through the middle. I remember a period at Celtic, Paul, where Billy McNeil tried to fit me and Frank McAvenny and Mark McGee all on the same team. And it didn't work because we all wanted to play through the middle. We all wanted to get on the end of crosses from, you know, Chris Morris, Anton Rogan, Tommy Burns, Billy Stark. But we we uh, we didn't stick to the plan because we were all, I don't know, we were all greedy and we all, we all wanted to be in the middle. So those little relationships of putting players in a team and making sure that they understand their position, I think it's just so important. And this... Um, this uh, idea that with Lammers and Dessers and Danilo, you've got Hadji maybe as well, you've got Sima, you just need to find the right... And Cantwell, I agree with Stephen, I think Cantwell is much more effective a bit further forward. So is he is he going to persist with uh, Lammers and, you know, happy to come into that 10 position and, and try and link things up? I think he could be more effective in the box. But listen... It'll be his natural game that he's playing. If he's happy to come and receive it, he's back to goal and try and turn. 
and get little passes going and, and make things happen. But overall, you both think Rangers will go through next week. I would week. imagine yeah. they'll go through, yeah. What about Saturday then, Andy? You first then for Rangers, the first home game in the league for them. Uh, how do you think they're going to do? It's going to be tough, but I guess yeah, they'll have a big side. I, I imagine he'll have one eye on the, the game on Tuesday, so he might make some changes with a view to that. It won't be difficult against Livingston, but it is a game where Rangers will dominate possession. Uh, you wonder whether like Sahaji and Sima and Sifuentes. Dowell come on as well last night. Uh, didn't really play well last week at uh, Rugby Park against Kilmarnock, but there's the ability for Rangers to, to mix it up a little, but um, whatever they do <laughs> you just can't afford to drop points and remember this was a game last season where yeah. Livingston got a point so they really need to be wary of how how tough Livingston uh, can be scoreline I think Rangers will get through by a couple of goals 2-0 a couple of goals Stephen what do you reckon I, th- I think they'll win 2-1 I think it I think it's going to be really difficult I don't see I don't think Rangers are playing well enough at the minute to, to blow them away but I think they'll have enough to get the job done. We'll preview Celtic Aberdeen in a moment or two. Petrodri, Brendan Rogers this afternoon was talking about lots of things, including what about the additions he's got in his squad over the summer? I'm really pleased with, with the players that's here. The guys that uh, I inherited been very, very good. I've uh, been really pleased with the attitude and energy of of them. Because uh, it's, it's, it's always difficult, you know, it's a, it's a new cycle of work it's, it's not a continuation it's a new cycle a new manager you know tweaks in the the, the philosophy of, of how they work and how they play a lot of the principles are the same but they still change but those players the players have reacted very very well and I've been really pleased with that but naturally I would want to strengthen before the window shuts in order to uh, to play the number of games that we have to play with the strongest squad that we possibly can Stephen where are they strengthening then you've already said maybe a goalkeeper yeah, I think a goalkeeper obviously sounds like Brendan wants a centre half. Um, obviously, they've got a lot of options in midfield. I thought they would have more of a recognised defensive midfielder um, going into the Champions League campaign. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know whether he'll sign another winger or a striker. I think if he signs another winger, it'll be with the idea of moving Dyson Maida to more of a striker role this season. I think it worked really well in pre-season. I think the speed of him, especially with Kyogo dropping deep, the speed of Maida through the middle, I, I think it will suit Dyson Maida more. I, I don't think playing out wide in a Brendan Rodgers team will suit him as well as it did in an Ange Postacoglu team. So I think another winger. Andy, what do you reckon? We'll see in the next few weeks. Definitely a centre-back. Starfelt was developing into someone that you could really rely upon after a, a shaky start. Excellent partnership with Carter Vickers. And whenever anyone leaves you like to think you'll get a bit of an upgrade and Celtic did that really well with Juranovic and everyone I think was pleasantly surprised about how Johnson came in and looked to be you know a better player a more effective player someone who became really popular very quickly and that's what you want to do so um, Celtic will definitely get a centre back in whether or not they change the goalkeeper I think is a big call I'm not sure it's I'm not sure it's essential for for what they want to do, uh, which is be the number one team in Scotland and improve in Europe. I think, you know, Celtic are going to be under pressure a lot in Europe, and they need a player who can make, in Brendan Rodgers' own words, crucial saves. So, um, yeah, it, it, always interesting to see who comes, who goes, and and then we can all settle down for another six months before the next window <laughs> comes. 
I see uh, Kilmarnock have announced there'll be 3,900 tickets for Celtic fans for the game. They just get one stand now. That's been the case for a couple of years now, hasn't it? They used to get two stands at Rugby Park. Yeah, and, and I know the Celtic fans and Rangers fans alike don't like seeing the empty seats, but I think it's quite important to clubs like Kilmarnock and St Mirren that there's not a total takeover of their football grounds at both ends. But they get more money in. I know, but it's the money. The, the money doesn't go back to the fans, so it's about the match day experience for them and taking their kids and to their seats in the family stands that they always sit in. Andy, yeah, I agree, and St Mirren do it as well. You two are agreeing and everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I, I think it's a, a good call. You also yeah. get some offensive singing that people yeah. take uh, take umbrage with. So um, you absolutely understand why clubs are doing it. Good to see it from both sides. And the other, yeah. the other thing, of course, at Hearts is uh, they've reduced their away allocation for Celtic and Rangers, and they are taking it up with their own supporters. Um, and the only uh, the only way they change it is for their, their derby against Hibs, which I think, you know, I'd love to see Celtic and Rangers doing that, going back to, to what it used to be, but we've spoken about it so often, it doesn't look likely anytime soon. Final word is Brendan Rogers speaking about the game on Sunday. So I think it's going to be a real challenge for us. The memories up there, yeah, I remember going there, We one of the best performances that we had when I was here uh, was one evening. I think from when Aberdeen had played last, we had, that was going to be our fourth game when we were playing them because of the, the, the change in games. We went up there one evening and we were absolutely outstanding. We won 3-0, played really calmly in the game. Our level was a really, really high level. So that was that was a very good performance. I remember Brownie getting kicked up there and having a dance. And uh, that was that was a funny memory. You covered that game, Andy, I think, at that time. You remember? I remember it. Yeah, it was, uh, one of, as Brendan Rodgers was saying there, one of the better uh, performances up there. What's going to happen Sunday? I think Celtic will win. Um, I think Aberdeen are slightly adjusting as well. They've obviously lost McCrory, who I thought was a, an important player for them. Good business to get as much money as they did for him going to Bristol City. They've Pollock, I thought, was really good defensively for them. Um Obviously, Liam Scales is not an Aberdeen player and wouldn't have been able to play against Celtic anyway. But Do you think he will be in the next um, few weeks? It seems as though Brendan Rodgers wants to give him a bit more of a chance, but I'm not sure he'll get the amount of game time at, um, at Celtic than he would at a club like Aberdeen. So even allowing for Ramadani uh, going yeah. as well, again, good business. But they've got Duke, they've got Majofsky. Will he play both? Will they try and have a go at Celtic? It'll be interesting to see what Barry does with his uh, Aberdeen team, but I do think Celtic will win. Going to be a Celtic win, you reckon, Stephen? Yeah, the same. I, I, I agree. Barry Robson, big part of the turnover. Obviously, Barry coming in, but the four players that you mentioned were a huge part of the team, plus Angus McDonald, who's injured just now. Yep. I think that Liam Scales won't get back on the Celtic team bus on Sunday night. I expect him to spend the rest of the season at Aberdeen. Um, That's good. No, no, it's it not. Sounds I, like it, doesn't I just, it? Yeah. I just think it worked so well for them. Yeah. I think Aberdeen are desperate for him. He didn't make the bench last weekend. Um, and I think what is what was at the end of last season, the, the, the third best team in the league, mm. I think Celtic are maybe getting them at a, a good time. So 3-1 Celtic. 3-1 Celtic. Scorer, Kyogo again up there. Three assists from Kyogo's new position. <laughs> exactly, playing deeper. Andy, thanks so much. Pleasure. You too, Stephen. Thank you. Thanks, we'll Paul. see you next week. Coming up next, it's the news. Tomorrow night at five, it's Barry and Mark. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Free quotes for solar PV, battery storage, heat pumps and garden projects. Let's go! 
Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial, and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps, and eco garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk. Crofty and Grado hear the stories behind some of Glasgow's best-loved restaurants. What I wanted to do was create a restaurant that would celebrate Scottish produce. Crofty samples the vegan options. Imagine I just went to hell with this veganism halfway through the podcast. Oh, please do. <laughs> oh, please do. And Grado samples everything else. Steak pie. Again, that's a massive big steak pie. Right? Is a... Before the ultimate test, the Dougie bag. Well, that's really difficult. They're both really good, and you could have that as a starter and that as a main. But I went to pick. One. Episode 5 at Versanta is available now. Search for Rate the Plate wherever you get your podcasts with Glasgow Taxis. Become your own boss and become part of their team now.